Hey everyone, welcome to episode 99 of the Switch Focus podcast. I'm your host Andy Corrigan, just on my own this time because uh, as we said in the last episode, that was our last roundtable and that we'd rush something together if there was a direct or any news. Uh, Nintendo kind of delivered on the direct by uh, doing a Indie World showcase, uh, showing off a lot of the indie games that are coming out next year, among some other things, and there was a couple of tidbits of news from the Game Awards. So we're just going to run through the uh, list of games that were announced in the Indie World Direct. We're going to give you our top three each, all spliced together through the magic of technology. And then we'll talk about what was announced at the Game Awards, and uh, that'll be it. Okay, so the Indie World Showcase, the first thing they announced was Sports Story, which is a follow-up to Sidebar Games' uh, golf RPG from the... One of the best early Switch releases, I think, uh, includes a bunch of sports in it this time, including uh, tennis, which they hinted at at the end of Golf Story, uh, beach volleyball, football, soccer for the Americans, and baseball. Uh, now has Dungeons, and that's coming out sometime in 2020. The next thing they showed was Streets of Rage 4, follow-up to the classic beat-em-up series from the Mega Drive. That's coming in the first half of 2020. Then there was Gleamlight, which is a, uh, a platformer that looks a lot like Hollow Knight, has no UI, which was uh, made out to be a big feature in this trailer. That's coming early 2020. Uh, then there's Bake and Switch, which is a couch co-op party brawler. Uh, looks like absolute mayhem. That's coming in summer 2020. Super Mash, uh, an interesting looking game where you can smash together two different genres uh, with randomised results. So if you ever wanted to see what a JRPG platformer looked like, uh, now's your chance. That's coming in May 2020. Next thing they showed off is a game that's been around for a while on other platforms, uh, the Talos Principle uh, Deluxe Edition. This is a first-person puzzler in a non-linear world where you can, you piece the story together. Uh, came out on the same day as the showcase, so you can pick that up right now if you're interested. Uh, the next thing was Sail Forth. This is a procedurally generated naval exploration and combat game with some management elements. That's coming in 2020. Dauntless, the uh, free-to-play popular Monster Hunter Lite. Uh, has exclusive content for the Nintendo Switch, uh, and with cross-play across all formats. It's out right now, and it's free. Uh, next up was Murder by Numbers, which is a nonogram cross with a, a virtual novel set uh, amongst a murder mystery on a movie set. That's coming early 2020. Uh, Oddworld finally hit Switch. Uh, Oddworld Stranger's Wrath, to be precise, which is a remastered version of the Xbox game. Uh, it's an FPS set in the Oddworld universe. That's coming in January 2020. Uh, Skatebird, uh, which is a game about adorable little birds on skateboards. Looks a bit like Tony Hawk's, pun intended. Uh, looks like each level is like an open world playground with things to find and to do for NPCs. That's coming in late 2020. Uh, then there was Liberated, a side-scrolling cinematic platformer in the same vein as Inside. Has a black and white comic aesthetic and uh, looks like a bit of a choose-your-own-adventure in some elements. Uh, timed exclusive, coming in 2020. Uh, then there was Boyfriend Dungeon, a virtual novel dungeon crawler where your swords turn into single cuties who you can date. That's coming out in 2020. Uh, Dreamscaper, uh, which is the Battle of Depression playing out inside someone's head as a fantasy game. Looks like a dungeon crawler action RPG, also a timed exclusive, coming in 2020. Then there's The Survivalists, a co-op proc-gen survival RPG set in the Escapist universe, where you, train, you can train monkeys to help you survive and build for you while you're stranded in a strange land. That's coming in 2022. Uh, and lastly was Axiom Verge 2, uh, and the follow-up to the popular exploration platformer, out of, which is already available on the Switch. Uh, this one looks a bit more colourful than the first, and that's coming in the fall 2020.
There was one game in this Indie Direct that I took one look at and I went, absolutely, yes, give it to me, I will buy that day one. It was Murder by Numbers. It's become a running gag on the podcast that I love Picross slash Nonogram puzzles and I am usually investigating the new Picross games that get put on the Switch as soon as they get released, including Nonogram's Prophecy recently, which was a big broken bust. And also earlier in the year, I played PictoQuest, which was a game that combined nonogram puzzles with RPG elements, but I, I found the RPG elements pretty shallow. So I'm interested to see this game, which is combining a murder mystery kind of visual novel, Phoenix Wright style game with uh, Pycross puzzles, where you play as this young woman who teams up with a robot on a movie studio to solve this murder mystery, and when they find a clue, they have to solve a Pycross puzzle before they can then use that clue. It's silly, it's contrived, but it looks like a pretty decent visual novel, and with any luck, the Pycross puzzles will be, will be well-made and challenging in spite of how ridiculous the whole premise is. I'm really looking forward to Murder by Numbers. It's supposed to be out very early next year, assuming the release date doesn't get pushed back. Absolutely top of my list from this Indie Direct. First up is a sports story. I was a huge fan of Golf Story in the uh, early Switch days, although I got really stuck on that last course because I didn't use my skill points very well. Uh, which is something I learned how to deal with well after the fact, but I managed to scrape through. Uh, this one looks just as interesting. I'm excited to see different sports. I do kind of wish it focused on one sport in particular, but hey, what can you do? Number two uh, would be Skatebird. Back in the double zeros, I spent a lot of time playing Tony Hawk. I actually stuck with the franchise a lot longer than most people did. I didn't really quit playing it until the games went to the motion control stuff. And probably the only reason I didn't even play those was because I just couldn't afford the controller. I probably, in the mindset I was at where I was still enjoying the Tony Hawk games, I might have given them a chance had I been able to afford the controller peripheral, but... Sounds like I dodged a bullet there. I would love to keep playing Tony Hawk games because I'm still interested in, in what they are. In the good Tony Hawk games, at least, you just get cut loose in an open environment on a skateboard to do tricks and just find and discover things hidden throughout the levels by doing tricks off of different platforms into quarter pipes and off ramps and just seeing what you can discover and I, I never got tired of that formula so I'm interested to see an indie studios spin on this this doesn't based on the the video that they've put out here this game doesn't look as hectic or complicated as the combo system in the later Tony Hawk series got to be this looks like it's really stripped down and focusing more on just doing a simple chain of tricks rather than a 100 long chain of tricks which was don't get me wrong absolutely satisfying and is one of the reasons i kept kept with the tony hawk series so long as uh, i was building that skill from game to game to game and i just i enjoyed how good i had gotten at it but this it takes a much simpler premise as the trailer says you take an ordinary skateboard and you put a bird on it 
<laughs> and then you go out into the levels and it sounds like you do Tony Hawk stuff. You talk to people and you do little activities for them or you find like retro tapes that unlock things for you. This is Tony Hawk, uh, but starring a bird. <laughs> I'm on board for this. This looks like quirky fun. Uh, I think this this might be one of the surprise indie successes of the coming year. Uh, the next one on my list uh, is Stranger's Wrath. Uh, I got to Oddworld Stranger's Wrath on the Vita release and I loved it. It felt like a sort of early blueprint for the, the Bioshock games and, and the way the Stranger's crossbow worked and had different powers and you can use them to, to progress through the world and through the story. Uh, and there's a killer plot twist in there that kind of turns the game on its head and I really enjoyed that a lot. Uh, it's a game with a lot of character, uh, and I look forward to revisiting that. I'm definitely going to pick that one up. And the last game that caught my eye, and I, I really need to emphasize that it caught my eye. I am very skeptical of this product, but it was Super Mash, a game that makes games. Um, I think that is overselling the concept of what is here a little. Because you can clearly see in the video that what you do is you select two different words and then they combine together and then it creates a randomly generated game with those two things. And it's talking about mixing genres. So like you can mix a 2D platformer, but then it will have randomized battles in it like in a JRPG. And that's an interesting idea. Uh, it's certainly been done before. It, I would, I'm skeptical and... I'm cynical about Super Mash trying to make statements like that's a new idea. There have been 2D games with randomized battles before. And I'm also skeptical that the game can really deliver. I, I think that what's going to happen here is it's going to give me a randomized level of these two mixed concepts, and the level's going to be fun for a few minutes, and then I'm going to be bored and ready to move on. But the level's going to keep going for another 15 minutes or half an hour or until I die. I don't know exactly how that's going to work. But I'm intrigued. And I am intrigued enough that I'm willing to risk the outside chance that this game will surprise me and be much better than my cynical predictions about what it will really be like. But I, I, I know how the procedural generation thing works at this point, And it, it ends up being a lot of sameness. I think some of the things in this game are going to be a stretch, like two, one of the genres that you can combine into this that I saw in the video was stealth. Stealth is not a genre, stealth is an activity that exists in many genres, so I don't really know what they mean when they say that you can have a stealth platformer. It's like, well, there are a lot of stealth platformers, so am I just playing a platformer that I can play on any other platform here? I can go into this for a long time. I'm skeptical of this product, but I have this outside feeling that it could be amazing if they do it right. And so I'm interested in it on that degree alone. And the third game I'm excited for is Liberated. I do love a good narrative game. I do like the, the cinematic style platformers. Uh, and this definitely, it looked like inside to the point where I thought it was going to be by the same developer. Uh, it isn't. Uh, I'm I'm big on comics, uh, so I'm I'm really down for that uh, comic book aesthetic, and uh, the story looked really intriguing, and I can't wait to find out like how much uh, agency I have in that story through the the choices they showed. Uh, it looked super interesting. Mm -hmm. 
onto the Game Awards. Uh, everyone was expecting uh, that final Smash character announcement. It never came. Uh, but they did have one or two bits of news for us. So first up, Bravely Default 2 is coming in 2020. New stories, new characters. Uh, it is Bravely Default 2 because the 3DS games, Bravely Default and Bravely Second, are considered one story and, and one game. Uh, no, I don't know why Squeenix are the way they they are either. I really enjoyed the first one. I never got to Bravely Second, unfortunately, but it did a lot of interesting things and it, it brought in some features that should really be standard in JRPGs by this point, such as being able to increase the encounter rate or stop it entirely, depending on what you want to do. Uh, that way you can sort of do the grindy bits as you need and when you want and, and rush through when you when you don't want to be doing that sort of stuff. So, yeah, that, that, that I'm excited. Uh, and lastly, Rise of the Phoenix DLC was announced for Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. A bunch of the X-Men uh, and new challenges coming. I can't believe that was the only real new thing they announced at the Game Awards for Nintendo. Uh, I did find it really weird that the, the Final Smash character wasn't announced. Could mean a, a direct is imminent. So uh, let's see how that pans out. Thank you for listening to this episode of Switch Focus Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps us get noticed. You can also listen and subscribe on Stitcher, TuneIn, and other podcast services. Be sure to join our Discord server to interact with our lively Switch Focus community and follow us on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and at switchfocuspodcast.com for updates, news, and other content. Look for links in the show notes. If you'd like to support the show, you can buy us a coffee, and details are on our website. Thanks in advance. This episode was edited by Craig Windle, and you can follow him on Twitter at CraigityCraig. You can follow all the panelists on the show individually. Andy is at Toast, Ginny is at GinnyWoes, and I am at PlayCritically. The heron eats many fish. And sometimes frogs and snakes or crawfish. The heron fishes in shallow reedy waters on lakes or rivers. After fishing in one place for a while, he may fly on to another favorite spot. The heron. The heron. The heron eats many fish. Fish. He's watching. The kingfisher too eats fish.
not at all like the heron. But he too is a good fisherman. A good fisherman. He often perches on a dead branch over a stream. He's watching for fish. If he has no luck at one watch post, he will fly to another. He's watching for fish. He's watching for fish. No, we did not record this just so we could have an episode 99, just so our game of the year could be episode 100. That is preposterous. How dare you suggest such a thing? We put a lot of work into all of our episodes, and just because this is a little thing that's really short, it is only reflective of the fact that it was a short indie direct, and we were hoping Nintendo was going to put out a regular Nintendo direct, especially announcing the new Smash Bros. character. That did not happen. I resent that implication, okay? We let this show happen organically, and this show, this episode does not exist just so Game of the Year could be episode 100. How dare you? How dare you? 